We want to welcome our viewing audience to the Word Ministry of Providence uh, Worshiping Arts Center on the Baxley Highway in Jessup, Georgia, 341 North. We're so glad you're here, and uh, we're glad our folks tuned in to watch this television program. We are, we're tickled to death tonight to have with us returning uh, a good friend of this ministry, Vaughn Clark. And uh, I think most of you know him, and you've loved him down through the years, and, and you still love him. And that's a good thing. So uh, y'all just make Vaughn welcome as he comes to bring us the good word of the Lord, okay? Come on, buddy. Amen. That's me up, Bible right there. Thank you. Well, how many of y'all are glad you're not dead and in hell? Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all would rather be here than in jail? Amen. 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 Now, I want you to get over. There's just a general spirit of weirdness in among Pentecostal and charismatic folks about ministry. It's not magic. You know, y'all are not Old Testament saints coming to the prophet to, to, to get a word from God. You're New Testament believers. Come on, y'all. Amen. And we need the gifts of ministry to grow. And I've got part of it. I don't have all of it. Come on, y'all. And see, I don't care what I prophesy to you. If, you, if, you, if you're not going to walk with God, it's not going to do you diddly. Amen. It'll just be another brick to your load. Amen. Just be, a, just, just, be a, just be another morsel of misery for you. Amen. You know, the Scripture literally says in Romans 12 that if you don't want to serve God, you're not in your right mind. Romans 12.1. It says, if you don't want to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, you're not rational. You ever had anybody in the family that you had to tell everybody else, don't, don't, don't let them bother you, they're just not quite right. <laughs> don't let them get to you, you know, they're just not, just not quite right. Maybe it was you before you got right with God. <laughs> they're just not quite right. Well, when you don't want to serve the Lord, you're just not quite right. Right, I'm not talking about unsaved people. Talking about believers. And see, we've lived literally... See, you need to understand, we're in an odd predicament in this country because, you know, we've got a white Jesus now and a black Jesus and we've got a Republican Jesus and a Democratic Jesus and we've got a God of Spirit now that we think is God and... Come on, y'all. And we've got us a green Jesus and... Amen. He's all about environmental things. And, you know, we even have a gay Jesus now. And Jesus is whoever we want Him to be. He's become the God of personal accommodation. And just flip over here for a minute to 1 Peter 2. And if you don't like this, you better get out now because it's going to get thick. This lady that was on the keyboard preached my whole ser- sermon with this uh, <laughs> prophetic song. And I picked up the wrong Bible, and this one has got some pages that, that d- disintegrated in it. So if I get a word there, it's going to be bad. Look in 1 Peter 2. Let's just read this for a minute. Verse 1, Lord, we just, just pray this prayer. I say, Lord Jesus, I need the Holy Spirit to give me some sense. I am living. In a crazy nation, among crazy people, with crazy preachers, and crazy politicians. And unless you move, this is going to be 
the biggest mental institution in the world. I ask you in this hour to put your spirit on my mind so that I can walk with you and quit doing autopsies of the messes in my life after I've done them and look back and wish I hadn't. In Jesus' name. Now, how many autopsies have you done of you walking like a blunderbuss through a season of life where you had no direction of God, but you did it anyway, and then look back because, see, foresight is kind of foggy, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Has anybody figured this out besides, besides me? And see, if you're not careful, the revelation that you have is going to be poisoned by your opinions. Come on, y'all. Hello. It's going to be poisoned by your culture. It's going to be poisoned by your idolatry. And for so many of us believers, especially spirit-filled folk, what we think is faith is really pagan idolatry. Amen. And see, I'm so convinced that our life is about to change radically because, see, a lot of y'all think Jesus is about to come back, back again. And He is, but life as we know it is going to end before He does. And there's a harvest to be won. And a lot of change is coming down the pike. Amen. And I don't want to pop anybody's bubble, but our idea of Jesus is that He hung on the cross so I could maintain the same standard of living that I have, yes, forever, and amen, world without end. Amen. And see, when I was a young and not all my family had indoor plumbing. Come on, y'all. When I was a child, we didn't eat fruit all year long. We ate it when it was... In. And we didn't eat fresh vegetables all year long. We ate it when it was in. Come on, y'all. Amen. And we scratched in the dirt. In fact, I did that for a long time. People just thought I had a suntan because I was trying to improve my appearance. Amen. But I gardened to feed my family until I was into my 40s. Come on, y'all. Is this making any sense to you all? And so I just want to give you a big lesson in God in nature. Water does not come out of the wall. Food does not come out of the grocery store. And money does not come out of the bank. <laughs> Is this making any sense to you all here? Now look in 1 Peter 2, 1. It says, therefore laying aside all malice. That would be a unique concept for Christians. Don't come before the throne of God with the blood of your brothers in your teeth. In most cities, the church is nothing more than a human sushi bar. And we spice it with religion and good intentions. <laughs> Come on, y'all. I'm serious. And just because somebody's hacked you off, you think you have the right to curse them. I'll be honest with you, a lot of prayer meetings I've been to among spirit-filled folks, folks should have dressed in black and drunk chicken blood. A whole lot of our leadership in the Holy Spirit is not from the Holy Spirit. Because there is wisdom that is spiritual but does not come from God. It is of the earth. It is earthly, sensual, and demonic. And I'm just going to tell you, the church is in a state right now. If I could, And I'm going to just be real. If Chris Mindfreak put on a suit and cut his hair and put a Bible under his arm and levitated 15 feet and said, God's here, he'd build the biggest Pentecostal church in the United States. And that's about how much depth we've got. I mean, I'm not trying to be ugly, but 
faith works by love. And what does, and a lot, whole lot of what we think is power is nothing but dominating demonic spirits moving through people and through churches. Because faith works by love. And I'm not talking about human love. Use some caution in this hour. I'm not trying to beat you all up, and I don't want to eat up the time. But there is a lot of murder in the body of Christ. A lot of it. And a lot of you have seen people suffer because of the murder that was in your heart and you thought it was the judgment of God. Hello? I'm going to say that one more time. A lot of you have seen people suffer because of the murder that was in your heart and you were so deceived you thought it was the judgment of God, and you felt justified when you saw evil come to someone you were mad at. Well, it's good enough for him. Mm-hmm. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? I prophesied, didn't I? Didn't I tell you? No, what you did, you dug a grave and then pushed him in it with your sorcery. The dark arts. Wonder how many divorces you help contribute to. Wonder how many young people turning away from God. Just let me share a vision real quick. While, while I'm here, let's just go on and break the ice here. I had a vision a couple of years ago when God was forcing me against my will. There was a huge, huge building man-made on the edge of the ocean. And he was forcing me to go under that building and inspect the foundations. And I, this thing was so huge, and I knew it was about to collapse. See, everybody thinks the economy is the real issue. It's not. Oh, my God, it's not. It's not. We're deranged. We, we are, we're derang- we, we have a, na- a national insanity that has gripped us. And I'm, I'm going to cut it down. We're going to come down to the basic elements tonight because we are about to experience wrath and mercy combined. We're about to see fire and rain. Come on, y'all. We're, we're about to see the severity and the goodness of God. We're, about to see, we're about to see a whole side of God that we have deceived ourselves to believe that ceased to exist when Jesus, come on y'all, when Jesus took the cross. Amen. Thank God for His grace and His mercy. You know, but I had an evil father. I mean, I'm serious. My dad didn't get saved until about three days before he died and he was a piece of work. I'm just going to thank God he's in heaven. But daddy was the case. And I wasn't one to spit in daddy's face. In this vision, I was being constrained. The Spirit of God's moving in here. 
See, if you'll listen, this will keep you from premature death. There's a lot of you all that are stumbling because you bite and devour one another. And for this reason, according to the Scripture, we misjudge the body of Christ. And for this cause, many of you are feeble and sick and some die prematurely. The day is over of people tearing churches up and putting preachers in an early grave. Come on, y'all, because they don't get their way and the days are over of vampire preachers sucking the guts out of people. It's just over. The cannibalistic sheep thing is over with. The vampire preacher thing, it's over with. Come on, y'all. There's about to be a bunch of empty churches in this country because people have preached themselves, they have preached their anointing, they have preached their vision, but they have not set a foundation of Jesus Christ that cannot be shaken in people's eyes. In the day of adversity, you are not going to stand on the preacher's great style. You are going to stand on the rock. So I'm forced by the hand of God. Up healing is going on, y'all. There's meta, met, listen, somebody's been on medication for seven years. The end of your tribulation is over with. It's come to an end. Isn't it amazing that we've got a generation of Christians more tolerant of homosexual marriage than we, they do of the Holy Ghost? Got a generation of Christians that thinks it's wrong to kill a stinking owl. <laughs> but not to kill babies. Now I just want you to know up front, if you've had an abortion, God for his, for, will forgive you if you ask Him to. But there's no difference between an abortion clinic and a concentration camp. In fact, we've killed far more than Hitler did. I've got a lot to say tonight in a short period of time, but almost 50 million babies have been killed. And between 30, come on y'all, and 35 million of those babies have been black babies. And if the voice, if the blood of Abel could cry from the ground, and if the blood of Jesus still cries from the mercy seat, then what do you think the blood of these 50, almost 50 million babies is doing before the throne of God? I'm telling you, we're in some wild times, y'all. You better fashion your seatbelt and get as close to Jesus as you know how. And so I'm up under this building. I knew it was going to fall on me. I was scared, slapped to death. And I got under, and I'm talking about, there were concrete pillars as big as this place, just huge, huge. And I thought, well, they're on the rock. They, weren't, they were on top of the sand. And every time a wave would hit, that whole thing would shake. And I could hear it full of people, full of people up there. And they were oblivious to the fact there was no foundation. And I said, oh, God, please let me out. I knew a big wave was coming. It was going to smack that thing. It's going to just go down, just like that. Jesus. And God made me stay, and I knew by revelation that was the church above me, the religious system. And I said, God, please let me out. He goes, no, you're going to stay here and watch this. And the sand turned to glass beneath me. And I realized that church was resting on a graveyard. And the bodies had not decayed. 
And they were all there, and they had this kind of expression on their face, kind of like, it was like, I can't believe it's you. Donna and Butch, it would be like you waking up tomorrow morning and going in and fixing breakfast, and Butch comes in and you go, hi, honey, how are you doing? And he just takes a butcher knife and starts to cut you up with it. You wouldn't even defend yourself. You would be in utter shock because he would be the last person you would expect to murder you. Come on, y'all. Amen? Does that make any sense to y'all here? And I knew that the people upstairs had killed them. And that the foundation of this big building, which was the church, was resting on it. And then God said, you're still going to look. I found a few graves in there of people I had killed. God, I kill them with my mouth and my attitude before God and before other people. Do you realize that they have recording stuff that is so sensitive now that they found out that sound waves never go away and that literally you can take rocks into studios now and that when the scripture says that if you don't praise me, even the rocks will cry out, that literally these walls, have you ever said if the walls could talk, they're going to one day? In fact, right now, you don't understand pottery and hard surfaces and things like that in crime scenes. If they've got the money to get to this equipment, they literally can extract words and conversations. That's why the power of tongue is life and death. Isn't it bad when you're so right you're wrong? Now, I don't want to leave a sour taste in your mouth because I believe in repentance. But there's a lot that's coming. And I want you to look what it says here about laying aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisy, envy, all evil speaking. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word. Let me tell you, you can tell if you're backslidden, if you're bored with Jesus. and Come on. And you can do without seeking Him and reading His Word and praying and worshiping Him. That will let you know that you are not in the place you should be. That, that's how married people can tell they're in trouble when they can do without each other. You don't want to come to me for premarital counseling. I'll look at you and go, if you can live without them, do it. <laughs> if you can't, get married. I have two Christians come to me for counseling. I'm going like, you both say, yeah, you both filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, fine, quit acting like jerks. Be nice to each other. Amen. You know, act like Jesus. Repent. You know? I'm serious. If everybody's got to tiptoe around you at the house to keep peace, you got devils. Amen. If you got to have your way, and if you don't, everybody else going to suffer hell for it. Come on, y'all. Hello. And you, are you going to get all pouty and punish everybody? You know, I'm just not happy. You know, I don't want to do this. Every once in a while, you'll get a kid like that. They hit puberty and decide they're going to make everybody's life miserable. Everybody wants to go say, I don't want to eat there. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. That's nothing but manipulation and control. It's witchcraft in you. Sorcery. Well, you know, I don't like this in my church. Well, fine, go somewhere else. It's a free country. Don't sit and make people miserable. Don't sit and oppose God. Get up and go. Spread the joy somewhere else. You won't like it there either. Right. <laughs> Amen. You know, I'm going to quit my job. You know, they upset me. 
You think you're going to find a job where somebody doesn't upset you? See, you're looking for something that doesn't exist. That's heaven on earth. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You carry the kingdom of God inside you. You can be in a desert place and have a fountain in you. Come on, y'all. You can be living in the presence of hell itself and still have the joy of the Lord. There is an abundance of soul that can come forth in you if you understand and realize the day that we are in and what is ahead of us because it's going to be a tough road to hoe for people who are carnally minded and do not understand the ways of the kingdom. Let's just skip down here. It says, coming to him as to a living stone. Verse 4. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, you also what? As a living stone, rejected indeed by men and precious. Don't get upset if people don't like you. I tried for 50 years to get my daddy to like me and it didn't work. (laughs) Come on, y'all. I'm serious. I'm not talking about you being impossible and being mean and being, you know, in, you know, I'm just talking about you being who you are and accommodating people and, being, and walking in peace as much as within your power, but quit laying awake at night and crying if you're not everybody's cup of tea. You're, if you're born again, all you have to do is just walk in someplace and people are going to be looking at you. When you're young, you'll think it's because you're good looking. When you get old, you'll think you've got your trailing toilet paper or something, you know? I mean, I'm serious. You attract attention. You know, you want to, you know, is everything, you know, it's like people are just on you. And they're either going to love you or hate you. And you're just there. Come on, y'all. That is Christ in you. You are the ark of the covenant in this dispensation. You bear the manifested presence of God. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Get over yourself. Your great successes are not your own. It's God's hand on you. Of course, God does want you to be excellent in all that. Now, let's just skip down here. Let's look down here in verse 7. Therefore, to you who believe, He is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Now let me just say something to you about our nation. Every foundation that is not on Him is being shaken and will be shaken to pieces. Right now, a lot of things we don't understand are rising up. One is Jehovah. The other is the Ancient of Days. The other is the Rock of Ages. The other is the Everlasting Arms. But I got news for you, baby. Jesus has done come off the cross. And He's not a little baby. And Mary's arms, but He is rising up to take what is His and He is about to overthrow the overthrow. Woo! I could preach right now, you know, and I'm not supposed to holler. And look, He says, And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also you were also appointed. They were also appointed. We were all appointed to it. But you are a chosen nation. This nation is at the end. 
of a failed social experiment that began the year we threw Jesus out of the schools and out of the public arenas. That's when it started and it is about to collapse because everything that opposes God will fall. Now, anywhere because of our idolatry, come on, y'all, our idolatry and our confusion and our delusion and our stubbornness and our disobedience that we have our hinder parts caught in that collapse, God is going to show mercy to us. And I will tell you that this, this, this challenge that's come to the economy is going to be temporarily solved. And I've known it for well almost a year that this day would come. I've preached it somewhere. You know, there's a tape somewhere, you know, because I've been preaching it for the last six months that it would appear the economy was going to fall and they were going to pump a trillion dollars into it. I want you to understand that it does not quite suit the world planners for this nation to go belly up because too many nations are into us and will lose money. We are the last stumbling block to global government. We are the only nation on earth opposing a one world system. Now, you're going to see some danger signals. Federal employees are about to start getting paid, at least temporarily, by a voucher system where no money or checks passes hands and the money goes directly into an account that you are able to debit. And no real money will exist, but it will be in your account. Come on, y'all. And you can just think I'm crazy. But see, this is the ideal time for this thing to kind of, uh, you know, I sat, come on, I sat down, and I'm talking about in 1997, and you can ask the woman. I walked into a bank. I said, I want you to give me a house loan. She said, go through the mortgage company. I said, I'm not. She said, why? I said, I'm not going to have a house mortgage with somebody I can't look in the eyes. And I said, and don't lie to me. You know that the day is coming that everybody will pay their mortgages straight to the federal government. And I'm going to deal with people I can look in the face. And so I would rather pay two extra points. Just tell you, that's the way I am. I don't want to harm you all, but I want you to begin to get your face on Jesus. Come on, y'all. And get your face out of the television set and to quit believing that the outcome... See, uh, the wrong, let me tell you what's wrong with all of us. All y'all been looking for a preacher you could put a saddle on and take where you wanted to go and then cursed him because he couldn't take you there. It's like marrying somebody you think is going to fix you and then divorcing them because they can't. Hello? And that's what a lot of y'all expecting a politician to do. Put a saddle on them to take you where you want to go. It's not going to happen. Amen. Let me tell you about politicians. Satan took Jesus up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and their wealth and their power and says, All this is mine to give to whomever I will. When Paul appealed to Caesar, do you know who he appealed to? Nero. you know that Nero was from a disturbed family where his grandfather had murdered his whole household 
and every kind of debauchery and incest and perversion that you could dream was crammed in his face and down his throat. And it shows that he was a fairly normal young man and in the beginning a fairly capable ruler until some event happened that was unknown. Let me tell you what that event was. Paul witnessed to him. And he rejected the truth and he went bonkers. That's what happened. Let me tell you something. We're in a space of time now where there is danger, 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 and God's people better listen that the Holy Spirit is manifesting the hearts of men and what is being manifested is Antichrist. And it is a move of the Holy Spirit. And God's people are looking for a move of God out here and they're looking for answers out here. But where God is visiting us is in here. And we don't like it. Because we don't want to be responsible for pressing into the presence of God and apprehending the Lord and being in love with Him and being possessed by the Holy Spirit. We want someone else to have the answers for us. Someone else to write the check. Someone else to fix my life. Someone else to make me work. Make it happen for me. Take me where I want to go, God, and I will serve you. Better be careful, y'all. Lord, Jesus, have mercy. At the same time, there is a move of God taking place in places that we will never go until God strips away the veneer and the confusion that is over us. Is anybody getting anything? I'm almost done. I know you don't believe it. But I really am almost, I'm almost done. We've got a new breed of preachers coming in, y'all. We've also got a new breed of Christians coming in. I want you to understand that all of your ability to withstand the Holy Spirit and to stand on your own strength is going to be met with confusion on every arena of your life. Your ability to find answers without Him. Your ability to stand without Him. Your ability to be in your right mind without Him. Your ability to be righteous without Him. Your ability to be accepted by other people as a believer. Come on, y'all. Without Him. It's coming to an end. Because there's a troubling. A lot of us have been in agreement with death. Look with me in Proverbs. And I didn't write this stuff, so please don't get mad. There are so many things I'd like to say to so many people. Look in Proverbs 24. Do you know for a long time I grew my hair long simply because people didn't like what I had to say and I would rather them get mad at me because of the way I looked instead of stumble at the word, but now I don't care. I mean, if you, want to hate, if you want to hate God, hate God. Our flesh does hate God. you realize that? How many of you all made some rather serious mistakes in your personal life because your hormones were stronger than Jesus? Come on, y'all. And everybody tried to tell you what was, and you go, Mm-mm, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. Nobody can tell me what to do. Come on, y'all. Nobody can tell me what to do. And so you did it and then got mad at God because it wasn't everything you thought it would be. 
You know what it was? Your flesh hated God. Nobody was going to tell you what to do. I mean, why is it you get mad at a policeman when you're speeding and he stops you? How do you know that wasn't God intervening to save your... Is this making any sense to you all? Now see, I want to bring life to you, but I I just want you to understand that what we're looking for, this harvest and this revival, there's a chastening rod with it from the Lord because we're being challenged. Let Let me just say something to you about Lakeland. I've heard a prophecy for years and years and years that a move of God would start and that God would not allow any one person or group to dominate it, and someone would rise up and then would stand down and someone else would rise up. I believe that Lakeland was the beginning of that. Well, the only thing that, there, there's a few things that disturb me about Lakeland. One is that the people close to this man knew that he had had a breakdown two years ago and knew that he was unstable. They also knew that he and his wife were not in agreement and that she did not want him in the pulpit and they were having marital problems. The man was not in adultery. Okay? People also knew that his teachings had strong New Age leanings, particularly about angels. All that saying, there was a mighty anointing on the man's life. And people who could have spared him would not because of pride, because they were territorial and they were going to be right. Every one of our souls is bound to something that we say has to be God. And you had better watch out. Let me tell you something about Christian people. Adolf Hitler preached. He said that he was a man of God. He was accepted by German Christians and preached to crowds of hundreds of thousands of German Christians. And he told them what they wanted to hear. And there were even spiritual manifestations as he spoke. And if you don't believe me, you study history. You'd better be careful because the Scripture says of Jesus in Isaiah 53, 2, there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. That means he was nothing to look at and to desire outside of having him revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And we're looking for pretty Jesus and pretty church. We are. And we have all, every one of us needs salve on our eyes so that we can see because we have been confused because we think Jesus is an American. I'm serious. I am friends with a man who is almost 90 years old who is an international archbishop of the Assyrian Coptic Church recognized by both the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church as being the oldest Christian denomination on planet Earth. And he was the last man to serve communion to Mother Teresa before she died. And he is working to reunite the Eastern Orthodox, and the Roman Catholic Church. You don't understand that about 20% of Iraqis were native Christians. 
And there's been a strong Christian presence there since the first century. And they are suffering horribly there. God has a people for himself. And they're not suffering because of Americans. They are suffering because of the Muslims. Is this making any sense to you all here? Get it out of your mind that this is the kingdom of God. We, that we are part of a family out of every kindred and every tribe on the earth. One family, not many families, one family. And we're so divided. Look in Psalms 24. Excuse me, Proverbs, I said. I'm drunk. Y'all excuse me. And I'm going to tell you what's happened. Let me tell you something. I just went and stood next door with my neighbors. Just, and I just told them, I just said there are about to be riots in this nation. I said, I don't know if it will come to us, but I know what is being planned, and I know in the spirit what's going to happen in many big cities. I don't know if you understand that through eminent domain, there is what I call a, an economic ethnic cleansing going on in the big cities. Developers and cities can now seize property and what they're doing is buying up properties and turning them into condominiums and telling people that they have six months to buy or to move knowing that less than 5% of the folks can buy. And so what they're doing is just forcing out anyone that can't pay big bucks. We are about to, be, we are about to see social redistributing and reformation on a level that we don't understand because you're going to see whole cities transformed. And you're going to see... Come on, y'all. I, I, I'm just going to go somewhere. You need to study about social theory. Emile Durkheim had a theory called control chaos. And whenever there was social change that was so sweeping it could not be brought forward by the normal political process, then controlled acts of violence and terrorism are released into the society to produce fear in people so they will accept any kind of government for the sake of peace. Lord Jesus. And these things have been consistently engineered over the past 15 years or so, and they're going to increase. You need to get your eyes on the Lord and stop believing. Come on, stop believing that people speak truth anymore. Outside of the, king, outside of the Word of God. This has got to be your foundation. Is this making any sense to you all here? And see, I'm telling you, there's about to be an upheaval of the, of the upheaval. Everybody's there but me. You know, there's going to be some indignation that rises up. There's going to be a lot of people that do not walk in the compassion of the Lord who are going to begin to distance themselves from the things of God because they do not like where their life is. Better be careful. Jesus never fails. Better be careful. You see, I hope it never comes to this, but I've met people that have looked me in the face. When we first, got, when we first went into ministry, my wife and I went to, a mission, went to the mission field, 
and a man named Bishop Daniel Cosimillo who spoke five languages fluently and was a bishop over a thousand churches, walked with his heavily pregnant wife for three weeks between two armies. They had not eaten bread in three days and they walked to come and give me their daughter so that she would not die. I said, you don't understand. I can't get your child back to my country. If I did, they take her away from me and put her in a home that I had no control over. Let me introduce you to some people who live here. They can take your child. I could think of no greater honor. And these people were maintaining their faith before God. Come on, y'all. See, we get all twerked out about, you know, come on, y'all. About what's, Look in Proverbs 24. This is, this is what's going to bear on this nation right now. And I don't care whether you like it or not. This is where the finger of God is pointing on America right now. And it is not our money. Money is not the issue. Look in Proverbs 24. Lord Jesus, I have gotten so drunk it's not even funny. That's how I can say the things that I do. I just get so high. Lord Jesus, have mercy on my soul. I just read it in that Bible over there and I know it's there. Let me have your Bible. Okay, it's there. Verse 11. See, I need help. It says, deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart consider it? He who knows your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to such a man according to his deeds? Now I'm just going to tell you, the burden against this nation is innocent blood. We worship the creature rather than the creator. And we've become gods in our own eyes. I know that that may go against the grain. I want you to look over in Isaiah 58. And this is between you and, this is between you and God, but I want to ask, many, ask you, you don't have to raise your hands, how many of you all are on your face between the porch and the altar crying out for God's mercy and asking God to forgive you and forgive this nation for her sins. I'm tired of mad Christians. You know, I have fought my last church fight. I won't ever fight another church fight. Everybody that they can, I don't mean this to be ugly, but everybody can just go straight to hell if they want to fight and fuss, but I ain't going to be a part of it. I'm tired of seeing innocent people turned away from God. I'm tired of seeing the acts. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing folks get their heads cut off. I'm, I'm tired of folks trashing. Come on, y'all. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of Christians eating each other up in the community. I'm tired. Look, look. You know, we're, we're supposed to not rejoice in iniquity. Why do we enjoy it when somebody messes up and we just can't wait to pick up the telephone? You know, I just had somebody tell me something and I know it's the truth. And I haven't even told my wife about it because she don't need to hear it. Well, do you know what I heard? I'm at so-and-so. 
Hey, listen to me. You are possessed of devils. We're supposed to cover nakedness. We're not supposed to expose it. We're not supposed to rejoice in iniquity. If somebody flushes something ugly in your ear, let me give you some good information. First of all, if they'll toe to stone, they'll throw one too. Secondly, I want you to listen to me. It's either, there's either not anything to it or it's actually much worse than what they know. It's very seldom accurate. And if you're that concerned about it, come on, y'all. If you're that concerned about it, then go to the people and do something about it. I was with a group of ministers, and they all knew somebody, and I said, I just want you all to know this. So-and-so is getting a divorce, and I want them to want you to pray. Well, one of the ministers got mad at me because I said something. What he doesn't know is that after I made that declaration to a very small group of personal friends, I stayed on the computer and phone for seven days confronting both members. Come on, y'all. Both of these young, these young Christian people trying to get them to have some sense and not to mess their life up any worse than it already was. I want to say something to you. It's not wrong for you to have an opinion as long as it's God's opinion, but don't think that you sit on the judgment seat and if God gives you revelation and it's important enough to you that you take note of it, then do something positive about the solution to it. See, I'm preaching kind of hard here. Where would I tell you to go? Isaiah 58. And I'm almost done. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. So no, I'm going to share what God showed me and I'm going to read the hymn, uh, a hymn to you and then we're going to be done. We're going to pray and I'm going to minister to some folks. There, there, I'm not try, trying to be weird, but there is a, an older man here and you're going to find that you have a nodule in your testicles and you don't need to worry. God is going to heal you and take care of you. You don't need to worry about it. Look in Isaiah 58. Now I'm going to tell you, we're in a season where God is pouring out new wine, which we all want. But we don't want to be new wine skins. And all I can find in the Scripture, and it's Jesus talking about becoming new wine skin, is to pray and to fast. Now, I'm not telling you to go without food completely. A lot of people can't. But you know, turn the television set off. I mean, I know I went in for a physical, and my doctor said, I can't believe that you have such perfect cholesterol. And I said, well, I can. I said, you know, and this was a couple years ago. I said, God told me to cut out meat until he told me. Come on, y'all. Until he told me to eat it again. And I've been fasting meat. He said, well, you're, he said, it's not, I've never seen a man your age with perfect cholesterol. And I said, well, he said, that's probably it. A lot of people are on medication of one kind or another. And there is medicine for healing. But, you know, <laughs> You know, cut out caffeine and sugar. It's not going to kill you. Hang the telephone up. You know, some of you have got, them, you know, got your cell phones embedded into the side of your head. You have to get somebody else to pull it off and it pops when it comes. Unplugs your nose, you know, when it comes. You know. Amen? Is this making any sense to you? We're in a season where we need to be seeking God and we need to deny ourselves one way or another. I'm just going to go someplace. Though. If you are part of a ministry uh, and you're not tithing, this is the most dangerous time 
in my life as a Christian for Christians to refuse to tithe. And the tithe doesn't come to me. The offering comes to me. So I am not after your money. And if you were married to somebody that won't tithe, let them do what they want to do with their money, but tithe off of what you have. Don't spend nutso's money to give to that blankety-blank preacher. Come on, y'all. I mean, I'm serious. I'm not after your stuff. I want you to be blessed. You know, I want you to be blessed of God. You know, when you come in the house and the power's not on at home, you don't go, oh, God has the power plant broken. You check your own fuse box and you say, did I pay the bill? But you don't think, well, you know, there's no power. You know, there's just no power anymore. Well, you know, to me, paying tithes is like paying the power bill. I don't pay the power bill because I want to. I pay the power bill because I enjoy the power and the light. And that's why I pay tithes to God. And don't you sit up in a church like a knot on a log and be mad and say, well, I'm not paying my tithes. Well, baby, you better get out from there right then and you better go somewhere that you will pay your tithes. Because you are bringing a curse on yourself to sit up like a toad on a log and grumble and complain and refuse to pay tithes. And that makes y'all mad. Don't give me anything. I'm not, come on, the offering comes to me. I'm serious. I'm serious. This is a time you want to talk about. Listen, as long as the earth remains, there is go, just don't talk to me about global warming. As long as the earth remains, there will be night and day and cold and hot and seed time and harvest. And it's still here. I love the environment. I don't worship the environment. Look in Isaiah 58. Look here real quick. Look in verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? Well, you know, I'm not eating today. And you act, just like, you act like it's a diet experience. Get before the Lord. I'm serious. How much time do you spend on nothing? Just nothing. Now listen to me. How many of y'all are taking things into your body that actually aren't helping you but bringing physical harm to you? The time's been spent, y'all. Look at this. The loose the bonds of wickedness. How many of you tell everybody else to pray, but you won't pray yourself? To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. How many of you go to church with somebody that's chronically ill and can't get their healing? How much time have you laid up before God praying for their healing? Come on, y'all. See, there's a breakthrough that needs to come in so many lives and it doesn't come because nobody else is carrying it before the Lord. I'm preaching real good right here. To break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? What, 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 if, what if, let's just say, for example, you know, it, it was real funny. When I first got saved, I just was rolling in money. I, I really got saved, y'all, when I got saved. I had so much money, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know where it was all coming from. I was just, I was just rolling in money. And I said, God, where's all this money coming from? And I sat down with a paper and looked at everything, and I figured out, I said, this is easy. I'm not spending $50 a night in a bar somewhere. I'm not smoking a carton of cigarettes every other day. Yes, every other day, four or five packs a day. I'm not buying a fifth of liquor three or four times a week. Come on, y'all. I'm not keeping my pusher happy. 
And I figured out statistically I was spending 48% of my income on sin, and I was still paying my bills. So I said, well, great Hector, if I could give this to the devil, I can give it to God. So I started to give 48% of my income to the church, and I was a hard worker. Didn't they think I was the best thing since peanut butter? What you would normally sow to yourself in an area, you give to God and to other people. This is all common sense. Look at what this is for. This is what we need right now. This is what I need. Verse 8, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Then your healing shall spread forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. Then, come on y'all, then (laughs) the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. That means God's going to watch you back. Come on, y'all. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. And you shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of your finger, and speaking wickedness. You know, I've had people go, Love you, brother. And they may as well have had said expletives to me because the spirit behind I love you was vile and wicked. I'm almost done here. God will not be mocked whatsoever a man sows. He'll reap. Turn to Isaiah 26. I'm going to close. I was in a church up on the coast of South Carolina this week. And I was prophesying. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) If anybody has a throat lozenge or something, I'd appreciate it. And while I was prophesying, I began to go, mercy mingled with judgment. Thank you. Mercy mingled with judgment. Mercy mingled with judgment. And I couldn't stop it. Mercy, and we were just having a blowout. You know, just, just a blowout. Mercy mingled with judgment. And then I began to see... Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Wherever there are grapes of wrath, of seduction and destruction and rebellion against God in this nation, as of this hour, the Ancient of Days is rising up to trample out the vintage of those grapes and force this nation to drink. Unless we repent. I'm going to say this to every one of you in here. Wherever you have reserved unto yourself the right to have grapes of wrath in you, and not what you don't know about, But what you know is wrong to embrace and to maintain the right of disobedience in your life. God is rising up as never before to bring repentance so that the fear of God would be restored to us. And there is going to be a pressing in you to bring forth the vintage of that in us. And there's going to be mercy and judgment, fire and rain. Come on, y'all. You're going to, we're, we are in a time literally where you are going to know that it pays to serve God and it costs to rebel against the Lord.
let's look at this just a little bit. And it just it's just wild. And see, let me tell you about the woman that wrote this. It was born during the American Civil War when Julia Howe, and at the time she visited this camp, she was in her 40s on the Potomac River near Washington, D.C., and she heard the soldiers singing the song, John Brown's Body, and was taken with a strong marching beat. She wrote the words the next day, I awoke in the gray of morning, and as I lay waiting for the dawn, I'm going to tell you, the hair is standing up on my body right now, y'all. You may not get the revelation of this, but you'll see it. I've got the revelation of this in my heart. Yesterday, you need to understand that I've been preaching nonstop for three weeks. I went out, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for me, but I, I, I broke down with laryngitis and with bronchitis, and I got antibiotics and didn't, didn't stop because God told me to go. And I got home, and I didn't want to study God. I didn't want to look at nothing about God. I wanted me something good to eat, and I wanted to sit back in my easy chair and watch nothing on television. I had done been to work, and I wanted to rest. And God gave me the scripture out of, in fact, just hold your finger, or you don't have it to hold your finger too. And Amos, he said, Vaughn, a lion has roared. Who can but fear? Lord Jesus. He basically said, I have risen up. Who can but prophesy? And I was so tired, my eyes were crossed, and he made me start to write. I hadn't had a full night's sleep in two weeks. And he says, Vaughn, prophesy. And that's when God spoke this to me last night. And you need to understand the line that has risen up. And I'm going to tell you something. He has risen up as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And don't you be shocked at anything. Because I'm telling you that wherever people oppose God, confusion has risen up in the midst of them. Lord Jesus, have mercy on my eternal soul. And listen to what she said. She says, I woke in the gray of morning, and as I lay waiting for dawn, the long lines of the desired poem began to intertwine themselves in my mind. And so I said to myself, I must get up and write these verses, lest I fall asleep and forget them. So I sprang out of my bed, and the dimness found an old stump of a pen, which I remembered using the day before, and I scrawled the verses almost without looking at the paper. It was the Holy Ghost. I have seen him in the watchfires of a hundred circling camps. They have builded him an altar in the evening dews and damps. God opened my eyes to see groups of Christians all over this country that had builded themselves an altar unto the Lord and they were having fires in the darkness against the darkness and praying when no one else cared. I can read his righteous sentence by the dim and flaring lamps. His day is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His day is marching on. I'm astounded at how many Christians 
are greater, greater social theorists than they are students of the Word of God. Do you know that over 60% of professed Christians do not believe in the virgin birth now? Do not believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Come on, y'all. Do not believe in the literal... You know, I'm telling you, every church that's represented here, you need to have the Apostles' Creed up on the wall because people don't know what they believe or why they believe it. I want to be careful here, but this is the next verse. I have read a fiery gospel writ in burnished rows of steel as you deal with my condemners, so with you my grace shall deal. Let the hero born of woman crush the serpent with his heel. Since God is marching on, look at that. As you deal with my condemners, so you with my grace shall deal. Let me tell you something right now. The Spirit of God is Elisha standing on the top of Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. Let me tell you about the prophets of Baal. Do you want me to tell you about Baal worship? Baal worship was a fertility cult in Canaan that centered around sexual immorality and prosperity and they believed that God was sex. And they would go in and have orgies in the presence of these idols, either with, with the exaggerated organs of men or women, and they would sacrifice their children and have orgies while the children were screaming. And I have been listening to the screaming these past few days in the realm of the Spirit. Lord Jesus, have mercy on my soul. There has been such a rape of the blessing in this nation, y'all. Do you know that I just had a woman come to me and I was preaching and she said, I work with a group of nursing homes and we just had a meeting with all the managers because we have received directives from the federal government and in a short period of time they are going to begin to euthanize old people in nursing homes. Why? For money. For money. See, this. listen to me. Let, let's, can we just get real here? Twenty... 20, how many, almost 30 years ago in 1979, I attended a conference with Dr. Francis Schaeffer from the Lausanne Theological Clinic and with Everett Cooper, who, see Everett Cooper, who became the, the uh, Surgeon General of the United States. And they had just done a study of the 25 top hospitals in this nation in 1979. And they said, as of this day, if you have an elderly family member who is chronically ill or a child born with a birth defect, all you have to do is to tell the hospital administrator, we do not want to bring them home. Well, that's the way you do it with birth defects, you know. You just use the ultrasound. If you have a defective child, you just get rid of it. Why bring that burden on yourself or on the society? Everybody knows that a wanted child is... The, is it's not right to bring an unwanted child into the world. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows it's just tissue. They can't feel anything. Perfectly formed with a complete nervous system. By 10 weeks. Everybody knows that. You know, this is my deal. If it's such a sacred right, do it for free. 
I'm going to make you all very uncomfortable. Why are most abortion clinics in black neighborhoods? Why has the government kept the black population down artificially through abortion and they're about to bring in millions and millions and millions of Mexican people? And statistically, blacks will no longer be the largest minority in this country in a very short period of time. Why have they covered up the history of Planned Parenthood? That the woman who started it was a white supremacist who wanted to control the non-white population, which she called human trash. Why can I call Planned Parenthood and say I desire to make a contribution? I want to make sure that the abortion will go to a black woman. And they gladly accept it. You may have never heard this, but it can all be documented. Why was Martin Luther King assassinated? You think it was a little redneck that killed him when the whole King family went to him and told him before he died they knew he didn't do it? What I'm saying, what I'm saying is controversial, but it's time for Americans to wake up and smell the coffee in this nation. Look at this again. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. Let me read Isaiah 26, and I'm going to be done tonight. And I meant this to be thought-provoking. Yes, we're under grace. Yes, God will forgive us, but I want you to understand something. We're in a season where we're going to face the truth whether we want to or not. I think that every Christian young person ought to work a year in a nursing home and a year on the mission field. I'm serious, I believe that with all my heart. I know it's late, but hey, if you were in the world, you wouldn't have even washed your hair yet because you'd want to be fresh when you got to the club. Now, I'm going to pray for people tonight, but I'm going to tell you, there's mercy, listen to me, mercy and judgment mingle. Mercy. How many of you have ever gotten a blessing from God and God dealt with you while He did it? Remember when God blessed Peter and Peter said, God, depart, Lord, depart from me for my, I'm a sinful man. How many of you ever seen the goodness of God and saw your own wretched state while you saw the goodness of God? How many of you have ever been lied to and didn't want to realize you were being lied to and then you finally realized and it did something to you that was good and not bad? My biggest problem is I put a, more, a lot more trust in people and things that God wasn't a part of than I should have. If you're in here and you're suicidal, God's going to deliver you tonight. But if you're in here and you're in denial, God's going to trouble you tonight. And I pray in Jesus' name that from this day forward until your heart comes to terms with reality that you will hear the screams. Almost 50 million. That's why we're in a financial crisis, by the way. We've aborted the economic base of the nation. 
That's why they have to import young people from foreign countries to take entry-level jobs. That's why you see white-headed people working at Walmart. That's why they're telling people now who have the expertise, don't retire, we'll give you more. You know, listen, why do you think they're paying these guys such big bucks in these big companies? It's because they have no replacements. Come on, y'all. Start, look, start to look around you and start to notice, conservatively speaking, how few children there are compared to what there used to be. See, I'm here tonight to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. My grandmother confided in me. She was married in 1911. They had a, they had a child in 1912, had another one in 1914. And she told me, she said, we were so poor and we were having so much trouble, she said, that I considered aborting your uncle. There's always been abortion, even back then. I grew up in 1950s and I knew the doctors who would do an abortion for 100, for 100 bucks. It's one of the easiest operations there is. has tragic results, though. Health risk, emotional trauma. If you've had an abortion, God forgives you. There's a sorry man somewhere that will face it more than you will. God forgives you. I'm tired of men. I'm tired of men who don't love what they make. I've started telling women, if you get pregnant and the fool doesn't want his child, get away from him. He'll kill you. Get just as far away from him as you can. You say, you shouldn't say this. Yeah, I'm breaking something down in here tonight. We're focusing all of our efforts on God bless me, God do this, God hold the economy up, God do this. Why should he when our tax dollars are being spent to pervert our children? Why should he when our money is going to, to take Jesus away from little children and bring in sodomites with condoms? Why, why should he bless this nation when we're butchering our children? Why should he? For the sake of the elect. Now see, my prayer is that God would have spared Sodom for ten righteous. And I pray for this country. I'm not against America, but I know that God's mercy is going to be poured out. But I'm here to tell you something. You're about to see a geyser erupt and a sinkhole at the same time. You're about to see things move two different waves. You're about to see holes open up to swallow things. Has anybody ever seen a sinkhole besides me? It's crazy. It just sucks things up. Has anybody here ever seen a geyser besides me? Boom! You're about to see these two things happen. Mark my words. Mark my words, what I'm telling you. You are about to see upheaval and disintegration and reality. We have come to a turning point and there is a creative miracle in the mind of God that is about to come to pass in the midst of this nation that is going to totally confuse people who think they know everything. Jesus. Look in verse 10. Let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. And the land of the uprightness he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when your hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they will see and be ashamed. You are about to see anti-Christian garbage 
come up on a scale like you have never seen before. But at the same time, you're about to see God move for those who will stand for Him. Yes, they will see and be ashamed for their envy of people. Yes, the fire of your enemies shall desire them. Look at this. Lord, you will establish peace for us. Thank God the kingdom I serve has gold for streets. Let me tell you something. If you've got money for investment, either put it in rail stocks because most of our shipping is going to be done by rail or put it into fuel alternatives or put it into gold. And don't worry, they're going to pump everything up and it's going to be a warning signal for God's people to get their house in order and to be stewards of their life and to seek God and repent of our wicked ways. You are about to see a disintegration of the political process in this nation because God is judging the system that has brought destruction upon this nation and spread vileness through the world. And you are about to see God's judgment upon the political process in this nation. Mark my words. History is about to be made. Mark my words and mark them well. If you hear no one else say this, then understand that God's Hand is about to judge the political process and the corruption that is in this nation. And it is going to happen suddenly. Lord Jesus, for you've done all our works in us. Look over here. This is my word to you tonight. Verse 20. 1 Peter 2, back verse 8, don't turn there. Wherever you know you are rebelling against God. I'm not talking about what you don't know. I'm talking about what you know you ought to be doing, then you need to make short work of it. You need to get yourself in a position to be blessed of God. You say, well, you're, you're just saying this. You're just, listen, I got a son saved and filled with the Holy Ghost when he was two and a half years old. Saw angels, had Jesus come and talk to him. That boy was so blessed when he was 10 years old, he'd walk around with $200 in his pocket and I didn't give him nary a cent of it. People would just come up and throw money at that boy. And he's walked away. Last year, the Spirit of God came on me, kept me up all night long one night. I'm prophesying to you tonight. And the Lord says, if you don't take your truck to him, he'll be a dead man by this before this time tomorrow. I got up at daylight, drove to where he lived, where he'd gone to school. He says, Daddy, what are you doing here? I says, nobody can know what you know about God and not walk in it without the devil trying to kill you. And if I don't pray for you and give you this truck, you're either going to get your neck broke or get your brains busted out or burn up. He goes, Daddy, don't do this. I said, I am doing it. I said, give me your truck. He had a Ford Explorer with big wheels on it. I said, give me your truck. I said, I'm taking it to a garage and getting it gone over. And I prayed for him and prayed for his life. And before I got an hour away from him, somebody rear-ended him when he was at a dead stop in my truck going 55 miles an hour, totaled the truck and knocked him out. 